This episode is brought to you by Gummy Cube. That's G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E dot com. And uh, they ask you, is your app visible in the App Store and Google Play search? Well, they can help optimize your app to increase search rankings. And you can see how to increase your revenue with App Store optimization. To learn more, go to www.gummycube.com. That's gummycube, G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E dot com. And thank you very much, Gummy Cube, for supporting the show. This episode is sponsored by AppPress. Now, AppPress enables you to build apps code-free, and you can deploy those apps instantly. And AppPress empowers you to create your app the way you want, a real-time design tool that lets you see the work immediately. Uh, You are not bound to rigid templates uh, that really constrict the the creation process. Uh, Design freely, knowing that your app will look perfect on any device. So to go and see it in action, go to www.app-press.com. Look out for the demo uh, video, and I highly recommend using AppPress. Thank you very much to AppPress for sponsoring the show. Hi, you're listening to David Whitaker. I'm the CEO of Imagine Room Limited in Hong Kong, and you're listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host. It's Paul Kemp. Uh, I'm really blessed with this podcast. I can get to speak to some of the best uh, entrepreneurs, apppreneurs, uh, developers, uh, wherever they may be. And sometimes they're in my home country in the UK, which uh, is where a lot of the action is happening with apps. And uh, so let me introduce uh, a listener and also a, a really uh, amazing entrepreneur who's doing a, a lot of stuff. Um, his name is Lucas Gordon. And he is a front-end developer uh, at uh, Audio Splitter, but also he's got this crazy idea of doing 12 apps over 12 months, and we're going to talk about that as well. And also, just like his journey with um, with apps and and what he's learned from uh, all his experience. So, Lucas, welcome to the App Guy Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Paul. Thank you for coming on. So, like, well, first of all, tell us about this this idea. Where did you get this idea for 12 apps over 12 months? So I was inspired by um, Peter Levels, who has started Nomad List. I'm, I'm sure you're aware of his work. Um, so he undertook the project of 12 startups in 12 months, so very similar to what I'm doing. And he really wanted to focus on shipping, completing projects and getting them out there instead of procrastinating and sitting on ideas for quite some time. So I was really inspired by that. He's done incredibly well. And what I'm doing is I'm not taking on full time as he is. It's in my spare time around my job. But it's such an exciting project because it really forces you to not be precious about your products like you normally would be and, and really focus on getting things out there. And because I'm blogging about it as well, I'm held accountable to that. So, um, yeah, it's been a really exciting project so far. Now, yeah, people will be able to find your blog if they go to theappguy.co, just uh, search out episode 302 with Lucas Gordon. I'll make sure that uh, we put a post to that and people should definitely check that out. So... Uh, what have you done so far on your, on your uh, journey? How, how many apps have you uh, actually released? So I started in January, um, so we're getting up to the fourth one now. The first one was Anonymous Social Network. Um, it was something I was really excited about doing, and I I really expected big things of it, but it just didn't work out, unfortunately. It didn't gain the traction that it could have. Um, but I think that's the beauty of this project, is that it doesn't really matter. It was a learning experience. Any success that, anything, uh, that um, comes of any of these apps is a bonus really. So 
I moved on from that and did another app which um, had an algorithm which got news articles from different sources, ran them through sentiment analysis, and got the most positive article each day and gives you a push notification. So it's just something to kind of bring a bit of a smile to your face um, in a kind of world full of bad news quite often. Um, oh man, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. I love that <laughs> idea. I, I started a Pinterest board where, which was, was trying to expose the fear, the uncertainty and the doubt that is, is the whole mainstream media. That's all they focus on. So an app that brings some positivity from, from the news. I mean, you obviously have like an amazing algorithm to find that in the first place. It's, it's pretty good. There's definitely work that needs to be done to kind of tweak it and refine it um, because ultimately it's a project that I put together in a month. But it is actually really nice. And when I first started out with it, it kind of felt like a bit of a gimmick maybe, um, kind of like a, I don't know, a bit more of a, than a BuzzFeed article, I suppose, just something a little gimmicky. But um, when I get the notifications every day, it really does do something. Um, when you've got a stressful day and you've got a lot going on, and you get notified by something which doesn't require interaction like an email or a text or anything like that it's simply showing you something nice that happened and it's i think there's space for that in people's lives and i'm yeah i'm quite proud of that yeah i was good i was trying to figure out how can you find these things that are positive in the world you know when you you're searching uh, have you got like some kind of source that you go to that you could recommend um i've got various sources it's mostly just scraping all the articles from I don't know, BBC, Sky News, um, CNN, and media outlets around the world and getting all the articles together, running them all through sentiment analysis and just getting the most positive one of the bunch, I suppose. Um, there are a few teething errors at first. Um, there was one about, um, I think it was a, a really right-wing party in Nigeria, but because it had the word party in the title, Oh, right. I thought okay. it was a positive article. Um, <laughs> Hence the learning experience. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So then we went on to kind of um, analyze the entire content of the articles and it, it's gotten a lot better and it seems to be working quite well and users seem to like it. That one's done quite well. Well, I, I, guess, I guess the advantage for you is that because you're releasing so many ideas, you're not focusing on just one, that you don't know what to expect, but you can follow... Uh, you know the, the the traffic what where you're getting downloads what what, what you're seeing uh, and you must really be able to uh, you know improve and uh, uh, and really learn from that that's that's really the main um point of this is that with each one i learn something new i either gain a new skill or i learn something more about the market and what people want and each one is in a small way better than the last one um, whether that's in its functionality or because I've learned more about the market and I know what kind of thing people are looking for. So I think it's just that it's, it's the kind of epitome of the lean startup. It's doing things in a very short period of time, failing quickly and moving on to the next thing. And hopefully one of them will work out and I'll take that further. But I really have no intention of that. The whole point of this project was to learn rapidly. Well, I'm going to tease the audience right now. I'm not, we're not going to go through all 12. They're going to have to go to your blog to find out the others. How about that? And, uh, but, but what I would love to, to learn about is you know, what are the biggest takeaways that you've, you've had so far from the four that you've released? Uh, you know, in terms of like if you're advising now some app entrepreneur who is sitting in their bedroom and they're trying to do their first app uh, and they're trying to launch it, what, what advice would you give them? Um, I think I'd probably point them in the direction first of design and code. Um, I don't know if you've come across it, but it's an amazing tool that teaches you how to design for iOS and um, it gives you the basics of Swift. 
it's really useful. But I think in the process of doing that, one of the things that I've learned the most, and um, this kind of came mostly from a product that wasn't part of this uh, project. It was a simple uh, web app that lets you make screenshots for iOS apps by uploading a picture, typing in a bit of text, and it generates them for iPhone 4, 5, 6, and 6 Plus. Um, I put that on Product Hunt, and it did quite well. People seemed to really like it. The reason I made that was because I knew I was going on this project, and I knew that where I could, I had to cut corners. I had to automate processes and decrease the time it took. So I built that, and people seemed to really like it. So I think one of the main things I've learned is that making an app in a month is really difficult. It takes a huge amount of time, but there are areas where it needn't take that much time. Um, with the web, it's such a kind of older technology and there are some amazing tools out there like Bootstrap, CSS generators, things like that online that help anyone kind of get a leg up and just get started. Um, and those tools don't really exist as much for iOS. So it's seeking out those tools, finding ways to cleverly kind of move forward and cut corners where you can while still making amazing content. I mean, um, the product that um, your friend launched today on Product Hunt is a perfect example of that, um, a kind of drag and drop tool to create iOS apps quickly. It just means that more people can get into this and start putting ideas out as fast as possible. And when you have tools like Product Hunt, which allow developers to get exposure, that's only going to be a good thing because you get people who aren't necessarily seasoned, tenure you know, developers being able to put apps out and exploit their ideas. And I think that's a really exciting thing. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the beautiful thing about Product Hunt is the, the fact that it's the, the community of very engaged uh, users who, who are the early adopters. And uh, they're, they're the good you know, people to play around with your app and to, to, to give you feedback as well. Uh, you know, ra rather than have a, a press announcement to the general public who don't really get it. So uh, uh, that's why I, I think getting on to Product Hunt has, has been great. So uh, in terms of you know, your strategies you've used to launch, uh, have you used any paid marketing or have you managed to get any press from the apps that you've released so far? I haven't yet. Um, and I think this is one of the, my downfalls is really that I am very focused on developing the app. But when it comes to releasing it, I, I guess I don't have the experience in marketing enough to get things out there. And also... I'm right at my deadline of the end of the month and I'm moving on to the next one. So mostly it's a case of blogging about it. Um, I've not yet had one of these projects featured on Product Hunt, but ideally I'd be able to at some point um, tweeting it out to kind of the community that has kind of gathered around what I'm doing because a lot of people responded very positively to this because it's kind of an exciting thing to be a part of and I think it's inspired a few other people to do a similar project of their own. Yeah, that, that's the thing. You've actually got a belief, a cause, and uh, you, you're working to it, but you're being very uh, inclusive of everyone around you. I get so many app entrepreneurs who come and ask me to sign NDAs, non-disclosure agreements, and they don't want to tell anybody about their ideas or their projects. And, and I feel like that, that is the wrong thing to do. Do you agree with that? You know, is it better to share what you're doing uh, because then you'll get like this following and, of people that are interested I mean, obviously, it really depends. Um, if you're, if you developed a new medicine that's going to cure cancer, obviously, you don't tell anyone about it. But really, any, I can't think of many examples where you wouldn't want to tell people, because if anyone can do your idea, they will do. If you're the first to do it and you do the best, then you'll succeed. Um, and in my experience, I've only found that talking to people has helped and people are just really excited about ideas and they want to help you out however they can, um, whether that's 
signing up to your mailing list or writing a bit of code for you or just telling their friends. And I've met a lot of people who've been exactly the same and they're unwilling to spread their idea, but I don't think it's ever really worked out for them. Yeah, and uh, well, in, in terms of um, yeah, actually trying to, you know, where, where do you want to take this? Uh, what, what are you hoping to come out of the after 12 months? Because you, you're going to get to the end of the 12 months and you'll just be like, oh, no, I'm finished. <laughs> like either you take a holiday or what, 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 um, what plans do you have and what do you hope to, that, that will ultimately come out of what you're doing? Um, I, I, I'm not entirely sure. I think about this most days. Um, I had a pretty good understanding of Objective-C before I started, but I hadn't written any Swift before. So one of the main goals here was to learn Swift. So at the end of it, I'd like to be, you know, fairly fluent in that language and potentially move into doing that more full time. Um, So that's one potential outcome. The other outcome would be that I see some success in what I'm doing um, and one of the products works out and I could take that forward. Um, But really, it's, it's just for the learning. It's just for the experience and the people I meet along the way and kind of just seeing where it takes me and going with that. Because, I mean, as I say, I've met some really incredible people so far, and it's only been four months in. People really kind of want to be a part of something. And me doing this has, yeah, I guess inspired some people, which I find really exciting. Yeah, because I'm also thinking about your circumstance. You said that you work full time as well. And I'm sure that then the the pressure to make money on these things, because I'm sure that you're bootstrapping every single app and all these projects yourself and, and rather than getting any funding for it. But but the, it, I'm guessing there's less pressure on you to, to monetize it or to just try and make it a big smash hit because you're not having to feed yourself and your, your friends around you and your family, whatever, you know, the, the, the fact that you, you've got your full-time income. Is, is that, does that make it easier? Absolutely. I mean, I, I have the luxury of not having to depend on any of these projects, so they could be absolutely terrible and it wouldn't matter. Um, they could have zero users and it wouldn't really matter as long as I've got something out of it myself. Um, I guess that's also a dangerous thing because maybe I don't have the drive and incentive to monetize it and to push it further. Whereas if I was depending on it, I might, you know, be more inclined to do that. But for now, I'm definitely glad of that. So some people have asked me, I've got some questions actually that are from developers. I'd love to ask you on these. Have you had any issues when you submit your apps? Any issues with getting onto the app store so far with the ones that you've done? Yeah, um, time and time again, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much every single time. I mean, the one I had most recently um, that I'm still dealing with now, uh, it was the app that I did in March, um, which <laughs> was... I, I hoped would be out by the end of March, but I'm still dealing with the submission process. Um, it's 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 really tough, and that's one of the biggest hurdles that we simply can't really do much about. And that's unfortunate. Maybe that'll change at some point. I think there are benefits to it because it does, I guess, maintain a level of quality on the App Store, which is a good thing. But it is a frustration, and uh, that's why I think it's so important to look for tools and, and for developers to build tools that help you cut corners where you can to make sure that your time spent developing is simply spent developing the app and waiting for Apple to approve it. Because that's the only way you can rapidly iterate with iOS development. So have you had any apps that have been rejected yet or taken down? Um, not yet. Um, I have one app that I did around two years ago where I've had quite a few schools in the States ask me to block it 
because their students use it too much. So <laughs> that's not necessarily a bad thing. And yeah. <laughs> it's not location-based, so there wasn't much I could do about that. And I let them know, and they were quite cool about it. Um, otherwise, no. Um, my first app that I ever did was back in 2010. Um, that was when the App Store was kind of really going. And it was a, a case at the time of build it and they'll come. So I put it out. It was an awful, awful app. Um, I was really proud of it at the time, but it was terrible. And I had some horrendous reviews for that to the point where it was just consistently one star reviews, all really negative. And I decided to just use the reviews in the app description and I just build it as the most hated app on the app store and just gave examples throughout <laughs> okay. the description of all the terrible things people had said, but they still kept on buying it. I don't know that, why. That, that, I am learning something from you there, Lucas, which is take take the things around you that you feel are the most negative and against you and, and empower yourself by using it. I love that idea. I think that's great. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously you've told us how, how it made you feel then and getting all these negative reviews. It, it, it gave you a, a positivity because you used it to, to help you uh, sell, sell more of the app or, yeah, or get um, more downloads. Definitely. That, that, that was good, but really... I think the most important thing I took from it was at first I thought it was a good idea and I thought it was a good app and that's because I didn't know what I was talking about and when I saw the reviews that was kind of I, I think that's just the epitome the, the beauty of the app store is that you can make something and get it out to the world and you can have people all over the world give you harsh honest feedback and I mean with the amazing technology we have today it's never been possible before to get your work as an independent developer out to so many people. Um, so that was really special and it showed me that what I was doing wasn't very good. I mean, I could show it to friends and family and they tell me it's amazing because they like me. But as soon as I got it out to the public, I saw that it wasn't that great actually. Um, so it kind of pushed me on to be better. So, so Lucas, you have like many of the app entrepreneurs who listen to the show, uh, you have limited amount of time to spend, especially the fact that you, you've only got, I guess, a month, every month to, to do the project uh, and only a few hours uh, in, you know, there's only so many hours in a day. How, how do you know where to focus? How, how Can you give us a sense of how you know where to put your time? Um, I guess that's tricky um, because as much as I try and plan out the process, I inevitably just end up sitting down and starting coding. Um, I, I guess you've got to manage your own expectations. Um, there are certain app ideas that would be great to do, but I just know I can't achieve. And it's really not worth getting to the end of the month and not being done. And um, having to either submit something rubbish or kind of, a, I, I guess, apologize to the people who follow me and are interested in what I'm doing and say I wasn't able to do it. So it's, it's coming up with ideas that are manageable. Um, but also that's the point of an MVP, really. It's, it's not meant to be a fully fledged idea. It's meant to be just a concept, just a small idea um, in its most basic form, test it out. So really, I guess I would only just recommend to just get started and, and do it um, because as you go along, you figure yeah. out what's right and what's wrong and you adapt. This episode is sponsored by Gummy Cube. I really like Gummy Cube. I highly recommend you go and check them out because there's so many factors to consider when optimizing your app for the App Store. Let me just run through some of the things that Gummy Cube will take into account when trying to optimize your app. Uh, they'll look at the app title and uh, app keywords, uh, what your users are looking for. Uh, they'll 
look at the reviews and the ratings so what users are saying about your app uh, your app description uh, which really does describe everything about your app uh, your app logo um, obviously making a first impression really does count uh, your app screenshots which show off your best features so they take all these factors into account and help optimize your app so let me recommend going to GummyCube www.gummycube.com and thank you very much to GummyCube for supporting the show so I'm really excited to tell you about AppPress uh, AppPress really sets the stage for a very compelling creative process that lets you build, edit, update native mobile apps. We're talking native mobile apps, not the web apps. These are native mobile apps that you download from the app stores, the Google Play Store, the Apple App Store. Uh, the design is very clean, it's very intuitive. Uh, you don't need to know any coding. You have all the tools that you need right in front of you and your app will look exactly the way that you see it. Uh, perfect for anyone wanting to create an app. So if you've been listening to this show, uh, and you've been really worried about uh, all the, the learning curve that it takes to build an app while well, you do need AppPress. It's a tool for you. Uh, what I recommend you do is go to www.app-press.com. That's www.app-press.com. Check out the features. And I really do thank uh, AppPress for supporting this show. Well, Lucas, you are a listener to the show, so you know what's coming next. I always like to try and flesh out ideas uh, to try and give the apps to try listening to this uh, some sense of what they can build. And uh, you are the perfect person to ask, although you've probably got you know, eight projects there, eight app ideas that you want to keep to yourself at this point in time. But do you have any app ideas that you've perhaps thought, oh, I'm not going to work on that, and you can share with us? Because one of the biggest challenges is to get ideas, is to, to know what to kind of focus on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had to think about this today um, after having listened to a lot of your episodes. And I also read an article um, uh, interviewing Ryan Hoover today in the New York Times. And or it was yesterday or something, um, talking about his app predictions for 2016. And he's talked a lot recently about invisible apps um, like Magic. Um, you are of Magic? No, I'm not. Tell us about it. So I guess my understanding is it's you just ask it for anything and it delivers it. Um, it's SMS based. It's an invisible app in the sense that you don't really ever interact with the app. Um, I'm not sure if they even have an app. It might just be a website where you kind of register your um, mobile number and then you can use it. But basically you, you text them what you want and then they get it and text it and then sort it out for you, deliver it to you. Um, and there are a lot of apps that are kind of coming up as copycats based on that, but it's kind of this idea of not everyone, um, when the App Store first came out, downloaded tons of apps, their phones were full of them, but now people don't really want to do that anymore. They're very precious about their screen real estate. Um, so invisible apps mean that you don't have to have another app, but you can still engage with a great new service. So that's really kind of big at the moment. Um, I came across uh, an API um, from a company called Fancy Hands. Um, oh, so, yeah, I've used them. Right, okay, so they're awesome. And I'm really interested in the idea of virtual assistants. So um, they have uh, virtual assistants in the US that can do a whole host of tasks for you. And they're the only one that I've come across that has an API. So the idea I had that I want to put to your listeners, um, and if they don't do it, then I will, um, is something around... Um, booking a trip for you so you know what your budget is you know where you want to go 
and you put in the details on the phone, you click send, it goes to the Fancy Hands API and their virtual assistants come back with a quote, with the details, the itinerary, whatever. So it's just kind of abstracting that whole layer, not having to deal with um, kind of automated services online that don't always get it right. It's having a real human being researching, finding out everything for you, and for a very low cost, um, kind of acting as your assistant. And I think that is the natural extension of these invisible apps. And I think yeah, someone so out there should try. For anybody listening, uh, Fancy Hands is good. I have recommended it in the past. I remember walking around. I was actually um, in a theme park with my kids, my wife and we're just walking around and I said, oh, you know, we, we need to think about that holiday. And I said, hang on a minute. Uh, I sent an email to Fancy Hands and said, just do me some research on holidays, maybe in the US. Uh, and it was great. 15 minutes later, I had like all these quotes that checked out, you know, a lot of stuff. It just saved me a lot of time. And uh, they gave me this lovely spreadsheet with um, all, all these quotes and uh, uh, for, for holidays. And that was exactly. just like one email to them. So... Uh, it's yeah. a convenient thing. And um, yeah, the email is great. But if it was just a one click interface, you type in, you know, the destination and a budget maybe, and then you hit click and it comes back in a structured format that the developer can pass to show the user in a very simple itinerary. And then you hit book. Um, I think there's a lot of scope for things like that to make people's lives easier, um, but not necessarily always rely on technology because it gets it wrong a lot of the time. I mean, everyone kind of makes fun of Siri because of the kind of things that it responds to. But um, this is actually having a human being doing it for you, but having technology enable that. Yeah, and I have to confess, I've stopped using Fancy Hands because they kept reminding me that I was uh, exceeding their 15-minute you know, like time allowance for my, because <laughs> my tasks, I've got a lot of work on and I was like trying to get them to do obviously more than uh, perhaps my fair share. So, uh, but uh, uh, certainly that's great good great ideas uh, the second thing is we'd love to know this is a show about apps and so how can we possibly let you go without telling us what's on your smartphone maybe one or two apps that you tend to use that you could recommend to us um so recently i've been playing um oh, i forget the name uh alto's adventure a lot have you come across that? You know, I haven't actually. That's, uh, I'm not. Yeah, tell us about it. It's it's amazing. It's uh, a really simple snowboarding game. Um, you can just jump and backflip. I mean, that's pretty much it. But it's beautifully done. Uh, it was featured on Product Hunt a while back. I, th I think it's one of the most beautiful apps to come out since Monument Valley. Um, it's really amazing. Uh, I would definitely recommend anyone checking out Alto's Adventure. I've not been paid to say that. It's actually really good. Uh, well, I have to say, uh, maybe I need to think about my um, show called The App Guy because uh, <laughs> The App Guy has only just downloaded Monument Valley. And uh, that's because I've just finished watching House of Cards and I saw him playing on it. And I thought I need to play that probably. And it was actually for my kids. So, uh, um, yeah, I'm probably, what, two years behind everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if it's good enough for the president, then, yeah. It's yeah, you, right? and I love the fact that you've just mentioned a snowboarding um, app. That's one of my big things, uh, snowboarding. So uh, I used to do it for 10 years and uh, anything snowboarding, I'm downloading it now. Thank you so much, uh, Lucas. I'm going to put links to the things you've mentioned and to your project, the 12 apps over 12 months, uh, your blog uh, on episode 302 of theappguy.co so people can go and get that. Uh, but how best can we reach out and connect with you? Um, just on Twitter is best, I guess. Um, it's uh, at Lucas J. Gordon. Um, I reply back frequently. So uh, yeah, just, just reach out to me there. 
Lucas, you are a very inspirational guest. I have to say, you're the first person who has committed to doing so many apps in such a short space of time. And uh, each app, like, it, it sounds great. So uh, hopefully you'll get some more ideas from this show and you, they can be incorporated into your next apps. <laughs> but for now, thanks very much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Remember to go and check out GummyCube.com. They are supporting this show and this episode. Uh, they have big data analytics from the App Store through the use of DataCube. And uh, I want to ask you right now, are you actually using web data to search for uh, your user behavior? Uh, it's irrelevant. The way we search on web is totally different to the way we search on the app stores. Uh, actually use live, real-time app store intelligence by going to gummycube.com. And thank you very much to GummyCube for supporting this show. So if you haven't done so yet, do go and check out uh, my sponsor, app-press.com. Uh, app Press. You have a great app idea in you. I know you do. Uh, so what is stopping you from building it? Uh, you can build it really quickly, easily, uh, without knowing any code. Uh, you can just simply drag and drop the content, you know, videos, photos, videos, whatever your app is going to look like. And you pretty much can build it with AppPress. Uh, you do get a preview uh, ability uh, so you can actually see it uh, as you're building it right on your mobile device. How cool is that? So uh, do go and check them out. It's www.app-press.com. And thanks, AppPress, for supporting the show get access to the five biggest lessons that I've learned from several hundred interviews with app founders, with startup companies, and with CEOs, millionaires, lots of uh, different people that I've uh, learned these great lessons, five big takeaways uh, from my podcast series. Uh, to get access, uh, just go to theappguy.co, uh, put in this link, uh, theappguy.co forward slash five hyphen biggest hyphen lessons. Uh, that's five, the number five, hyphen biggest, hyphen lessons. And uh, you'll get to see uh, the uh, lessons. And if you have trouble there, just uh, get in touch with me through the contact form. Thanks very much for listening.